0: Feelings and emotions aside, and give them to God and press through and move on. And we're all here. We've, we've done that. And so it's just it's good to be here. It's good to be in the house of God. And I know there's a lot going on around. Everybody needs prayer. Everybody in this building, does anybody not need prayer? Everybody needs prayer. Everybody needs something from God. Everybody needs a touch from God. People outside this building, our friends, our family, our loved ones, our nation, for sure, needs needs God.
1: It is. I got a call a while ago from Jean Martin, and she said her daughter was in the hospital at TMC. They had to rush her in there for a kidney surgery.
0: Pray right, about this situation. Uh, Who was it?
1: Uh, her name is uh, Carol.
0: It's Jane Martin's daughter. Jane's daughter. Me. Okay. There's a lot going on. A lot of needs. You know what? God's bigger than any of that. God's way bigger than any of these problems that we think are big. That we, we may think they're mountains in our lives, but when we when we use God to, to make it through and get over those mountains, we look back, it seems real small most of the time.
2: Whether just for our country, situation we're in. After last night's debate, really
0: need Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. Yep. Uh, um, pray for all the victory Joan passed away today so okay yes it's serious it's a serious thing kind of hitting home now it's just passing through our area so and we don't, we don't know we, we don't know what's happening tomorrow but what we can't do is quit we can't quit we got to keep going we got to keep trusting God. Come on, amen. We got to put our faith and trust in God, and we just got to keep moving forward. And if we do that, the the Word says He'll take care of us; He will not forsake us. And so, let's just pray. Let's all pray together. Let's take these things to God, and we get through praying, we're going to praise Him. And we we know we're in we're we're living in some troubled times, but like I said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. He can give us the strength we need Amen. to just walk right through this troubled, troublesome times like they're nothing. And that's what we're to do as Christians. We're to walk through the hard times like they're nothing and be Christ-like. And the people around us are supposed to look at us and, and wonder, what, what is it about that individual? And that's, that's how the Holy Spirit works for us. We, just, we pray that the Holy Spirit use each and every one of us and let his power radiate from us. And that's how God works. And people see us people see us not worried about the things that's going on around us. I mean, yeah, we're worried, we're concerned, but also we know God's bigger than anything else. Amen. And if we remember that then we'll we'll be all right. We'll just push through. So let's pray. Lord God, we just thank you for this day. Thank you for your blessings, Lord God. There's Many friends, many loved ones Lord God out there that need a touch from you. they need a healing from you, Lord God. we know there's a lot going on around our country, around our nation. Our nation needs a healing from you God. And we just ask you, you just pour out your spirit <clears throat> over this land, Lord God, let your holy Spirit roam, roam freely throughout this land, throughout America, Lord God, touch hearts and touch lives. Right here tonight, Lord God, each and every one in this building, we need a touch from you. We're here to praise you. We're here to worship you. We're here to love you, Lord God. We need a touch from you. We all need something from you, Lord God. You know our hearts. You know our minds. You know our lives, Lord God. And whatever those needs may be, I just ask that you just let that flow. Let that release that into each and every one of our lives, Lord God. We're here to praise you. We're here to worship you. We're here to love you. And we just thank you for the chance to do that. And we want our lives to honor you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Powerful you are, Lord. You want power in your life? Get Jesus in your life. Amen. You want to put a dance in your step? Get Jesus in your life. Amen. You want wisdom? Pick up the Bible and read it and say what it says. You want wisdom, God, a grant. Yes. Knowledge, understanding peace, joy, gladness. Amen. This world is in need of all those things. The church is in need of all those things. It's available, and I'll say it this way, at our fingertips.
2: Barely mm-hmm. at our fingertips.
1: Woo. Isn't that great? Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Glory! Right.
1: I'm yeah. trying to tell you, you touch God, God to touch back tonight. Amen. Yes. And I know some have been working and it's hump day, Wednesday, in the middle of the week and about half drug out already. You know, I've thought many times Jesus was more than half drug out when he drug that cross up Calvary's Hill. Yes. Yes. And I, you know, hey, let's just give him praise tonight. Amen. And yes. by him. Amen. God, we love you. We thank you, Jesus, for what you've done. We thank you, God, Father, that you've given to us and offered us eternal life. God, you've you give us every promise in your word but God we've got to be the ones receiving you don't just dump it out on us Lord God we have got to receive and search God for the promises of your truth and Lord tonight we just as a church come and we just honor you Lord and we're just grateful God for the blessings we have and the joy that we have and the relationship we have with you God through your son Jesus We're thankful, God, that we can come here tonight, Lord, and just gather together, Lord, in the midst of all this stuff that's going on. All this pandemonium, Lord. All this violence and everything. God, Father, you're the God that can just bring total peace into every situation. Nothing too big for you, Lord. We know that. Now help us, God, to put that into play, knowing that there's nothing too big for you, Lord God, and in faith, Just coming and believing and worshiping and we give you glory and
0: praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah.
1: Amen. Amen. Come on, brothers. Still putting our money where our faith is. About that. (laughs) What's that James said? Faith without works is dead. Amen Because it's alone, being alone. It's interesting. As we give tonight, it's uh it's not just our country that's in turmoil, it's the whole world. Amen. Yes, come on. And there's a great need for the Word of God to penetrate this darkness and this evil. Wickedness abounds everywhere. There's only one thing. That can penetrate the darkness. There's only one thing that can overcome the wickedness and the evil, and that's the power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. But it takes this to get it yonder where it needs to go. Amen. That's what we're doing tonight. We're giving, and where this goes, 100% of it goes yonder to world missions, and far places, and lives that desperately need Jesus. Amen. Amen. So as you give tonight, God bless you. We appreciate that, and I'm going to turn it back to these guys to pray and then we're going to receive. God bless you. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you, praise glorify you, Lord, dear God, for this opportunity, Lord, to help, Lord, dear God, those, Lord, that's in need out there, Lord, dear God, that's preaching your word. Lord, we ask you, Lord, dear God, to bless them, Lord, dear God, and bless their, their ministry, Lord, dear God. We ask you, Lord, to, just to go before them, Lord, and prepare the way, Lord, dear God. And, Lord, we just ask you, Lord, to meet every need, Lord, spiritual, physical, financial. Lord, and we just give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We're playing the quiet game tonight. Somebody forgot to tell me. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Sound oh, off. Glory. Thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless your holy name. Come on, Brother Tanner. Give God the glory. Brother Tanner comes tonight, and then
2: he'll release the kiddos and the youth here in just a minute. Good to see a good group of people here. Tonight, I want to do something before we dismiss the kids. Um, you know, we're going to give credit where credit is due, and um, you know, God has—he's put people in places. You know, you know, Pastor—you know—he remembers too. When we first started this church, we didn't have a lot of staff. I mean, we was—we we, it was slim, and even though we've—we've we've always been a small church, God has always provided Amen. for us, and you know, tonight. There are a lot of people in here, uh, teaching class, standing at the door, security, in the back at the sound, taking up the offering. Um, I just want to do something now. You know, everybody that's involved with those type of things in this church, I just want to give them a hand. Because without that sacrifice, we, we don't have a staff, we don't have teachers for the kids, we don't have any of that. I want to thank you guys for making that sacrifice. Thank you. <laughs> right. Thank you. It very much. Kids, you can be dismissed. Have a good time tonight in the Lord. A little bit different of a format tonight. I uh actually hold on. Let me get the mic. I still want to use the mic. There we go. I love seeing those kids go back there, but you know what? When they leave, there's yeah. there's nobody left. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's right, Pastor. He's like, yeah. well, we don't need more than a dozen. That's right. We don't need we don't need many. We, we don't Make need many. I've got a couple places I want to go tonight, and I want to. Um, this is you know sometimes we have different formats. You know, we've done a different format Sunday night, um, and and. Pastor and I've talked about it many times in the different formats that that, that we can do. Um, I like I like switching things up too. Uh, so tonight, this is not a uh, this is not just me up here at the front, and I'm just giving it to you. Um, we'll open up for a bit of conversation and, and uh, some feedback. Um, obviously within obviously within parameters. Um, but I want to uh, I want to go to a couple of different scriptures tonight. I want to talk about a, a particular topic the Lord laid on my heart. Uh, let's go to Ecclesiastes tonight, chapter seven. As you're getting to Ecclesiastes chapter seven, um, you know there's a, there's a lot of things that a person. I could say a person, could generalize it, but there's a lot of things that that a believer goes through on a daily basis. A lot of things. There's a lot of obstacles to overcome on a daily basis. Um, There's there's time restraints. uh, There's organization of the family. uh, There's the job, whatever your J-O-B is, whether that's a whether you work a 9-to-5 or whether you're a homemaker, those are jobs uh, through and through. Um, Then there's the coming home, you gotta get ready for dinner, figure out what you're gonna do there, then it's, you know, get the kids straightened out, get the clothes in the washing machine. Can anybody say amen? Amen. 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 It's just like this going, you know, it's this going all the time. And uh, I don't remember, I don't remember the date, I don't remember the date, because it has happened so many times to me that I can't count. but I'm, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to paint you a picture of kind of how it went for me and you can tell me if you relate to this or not. You're going along and your day is going, you're, everything's going good, you know, and you're, you, you get up and you get things going and you're doing things like you normally do. You get your coffee or whatever it is that you do and you get out the door and you get moving and uh, how many of you, uh, I, have a, I got Sean's phone here, I don't want to go grab a phone, but how many of you text? Throughout the day, often I'm not trying to. It's not your question. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm not trying to, to to nail you on it. I'm, I, I text a lot on my phone throughout the day, and uh, you know you're going through your day. You're getting messages in. You're giving messages. You know it's just, you know texting. You're you you're communicating, um, and uh, you. Sometimes I ask people different questions. Sometimes people will contact me. Um, and tell me, sometimes they contact me and they tell me I did a good job. Sometimes they contact me and they tell me I did a bad job. (laughs) Either way, sometimes it happens. And um, you're going through your day and all of a sudden it happens. Whether it be come through a text message or whether it come from somebody at the workplace or somebody in your circle, somebody says something. And you don't know why exactly, but when they say it, you can feel it inside. Uh it's like whoa whoa hey that bothers me Uh, you could uh, you say that hurts me or that frustrates me I don't like the way you said that and before before you know it you've got an offense Got an offense and what's what's interesting about that word offense is that it's it's not so much the word but what it does to us your, your day can be going perfect you can be having a great day and somebody says something to you that that you take the wrong way maybe it rubs you the wrong way maybe it takes you maybe hits you the wrong way but before you know it you've been offended now i could just say okay how many of you have been offended you had everyone would say yes how many of you have been offended in the last couple days right here there's something about offense, and that's what I want to talk about tonight, and I've got some scriptures I want to cover. There's something about an offense, and there's some things that I think we need to know as believers, because can we all agree tonight that, inevitably, you're going to be offended at some time? Inevitably. I, and I met some people in my life that were just fantastic at letting things slide off. They were fantastic. It was almost like it was supernatural. I've never seen anything like it. And they they would approach things with the most uh, caring perspective and loving perspective. And they just, from what I could tell, these people just didn't hold on to anything. I said, how in the world do they do that? There's something about an offense that gets in the way. It gets in the way. Now, there's, there's times... I've struggled with it so much that I wish that the event would have never even happened, that I wouldn't even have to overcome it. So frustrated, man! I wish I wouldn't have to get past that. Wish I wouldn't even have to 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 have to give the effort to get over it. So let's let's cover some scriptures, and we're in Ecclesiastes chapter seven. Let's look at uh, let's start in verse twenty one. Says also. Take no heed unto all words that are spoken. What does that mean? Just right there. What does that mean? It says, take no heed unto all words that are spoken. Now, now I, I understand. I, it's kind of, if I don't read you the whole thing, you might, we might take it out of context. But just initially, if I was to tell you, don't take all words seriously, I mean, we're going to pay attention to that. Don't take everything that comes down your way. And isn't it, isn't it isn't it just one word? Isn't it just one phrase? And he's like, man, did you did you have to say it that way? Did you have to say it like that? If it, you if you wouldn't have used that word or that verbiage last night, how many of you watched the debate last night? Pastor, I told him before we started, I said I said, we, we our country needs prayer, and after the debate last night, we really need prayer. <laughs> so watching, watching the debate and the words that we're going forth, and I'm not even there, and I can feel the feelings of offense. You can feel them, and, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm I'm just watching. I'm just watching this thing, and how easy it is to take something personal that comes your way. I mean, how, many, how many opportunities do you have in a week's time in conversations with people to take things offensively? Every conversation. Every conversation. That's a, that's a good way to put that. Every conversation. And so the, the Bible is, is uh, giving us some really simple advice right off the front end of verse 21. It says, take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest you hear your servant curse you." The Bible does a good job of, of in a in a, in a really uh, elegant way of saying you need to get real good as a believer of letting things slide in. You heard the saying, you know, let it go in one ear and go out the other. Uh-huh. Come in and then let it go out. Is that easier said than done? Mm-hmm. It is. Yes, it is. Are you human? Do you have emotions? Feelings that are connected to those words? We do. We have these, we, 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 you, and when I said you can, it might be one word, one word. And I can think of when I was growing up, there were words that I didn't like. When people spoke them to me, I didn't like those words. When I got older, I really didn't like those words. And, and it didn't matter who spoke them. I, was, I, don't, I don't like that. I don't like you speaking to me that way. I don't like you uh, uh, using that kind of uh, verbiage with me. And so it's really easy for you and me to get mixed up uh, in our day, in our day-to-day basis of taking things that people say too seriously, too, uh, too personal. How many of you have taken something personal? and then found out later it didn't even apply to you. Amen. It's almost like when you, when you look back on it, it was almost like a waste of time. I wasted my time even going into that. Even, even, even allowing myself to, to get all worked up and get all emotional about it. How many, how many, uh, how many of you it takes, how, how many days does it take? Let's ask that question. How many days does it take for you to unwind after you get wound up? it 24 hours, two days. Can you do it in an hour? Can you just let it go and it's gone? We are emotional creatures. We're emotional. Emotional creatures. So so as the as the Bible is giving us advice here in verse 21, we're going to go to verse 22. As, as the Bible is giving us advice here in 21 that we need to pay close attention to, to watch the words that come our way. I think about all the words that come my way each and every day, whether that's through the text messages on your phone. We were just talking to Haven about this the other day, about how important it is to not attach attitude to that text message as it comes through. You might be mistaken about what they were trying to say. It's funny how when you read a message, a simple message, and you can almost see the look on their face, oh, I knew the way you meant that. Anyone guilty of that? And then when you get to talking with her, maybe you're upset and you go to him. You say, hey, what did you mean by this? Oh, and then they explain it and you thought, well, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> why, did, why didn't that cross my mind? Because we are, by nature, geared to want to be offended. We're geared that way. I think it's one of the best le- lessons for us as Christians to learn that your flesh is geared to want to be offended, it wants to be offended. It likes it. It enjoys. Uh, you can almost say that it enjoys the drama. It enjoys that 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 mix of of uh, uh, combat between you and another individual. And usually, in most cases, we want a rebuttal. I'm not gonna let you talk to me that way. I'm not gonna let you say those things to me. So what comes? What's coming next? We're going to get back, right? This offense, we got, we've, we've been offended. So the next thing is now I'm going to offend you. You offended me, now I'm going to offend you. Anyone ever jump off that cliff? Now we are farther along down this uh, rabbit hole than we were when we started. So, verse 22 says, For oftentimes also your own heart knows that you yourself likewise have cursed others. Now, what's that mean? Someone tell me. Someone weigh in on verse twenty-two. Oftentimes, also your own heart knows that you yourself likewise have cursed others. Uh-huh. Negatively, Negatively. Offended, people. Yeah. offended people. Anyone ever? ever anyone ever gossip in here? No. Now we're all Christians here. We don't do that kind of stuff. <laughs> We don't do those things. These are, and the reason I'm bringing this out is because the, in our, our culture, in our society today, it is, it is the, if you're, if you're looking at something that to me is being taught as an open example, as a living example, we've talked about that often, many times in church, is that your best example is by the way that you live. It's what people see. If the world was teaching an example today for people to follow, it's be offended and be proud of it. That's what we're seeing. Be offended and be proud of it. And so, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the more the merrier. And I'm going to go and I'm going to talk to someone else and I'm going to see if I can get them offended like I am over what you said. They were already there were some things that were said in the debate last night amongst all the other things that were said. They were pointing out particular things as the news began to run first thing in the morning. I'm up around 545, and so they already were beginning to run the things that they were offended by. And it always seems to be the theme in our culture. is that it's Even though they don't use the word offended, but that is the theme. That is what it is that's being taught, is you need to point out the offense, find it and drive it into the ground so as, as Christians we know that we have to literally have the opposite perspective of what the world is teaching I know that it's easier said than done but we're going to have to come to this full realization just like we like just like in verse 22 when it says for times you you uh, also your own heart knows that you yourself likewise have cursed others uh, don't be hypocritical don't be a hypocrite you know where you've been you know what you've done and I always try to I was thinking about this when I was covering this I had there was other scriptures I wanted to bring but there was just no way we could cover them all but I, I'll tell you what I was thinking of you know we're, we're made in, in Christ's image and we're to be Christ-like and so I look at the way that God approached me and my sins. How did he approach that? Because you think, well, why, why is that important? Well, because sin offends God, right? That's an offense to him. If we if we if we entertain sin and we dabble in sin, then what that does is is that offends him. Now some some try to use the cross almost like a like a like a permission slip, but that's not the way it was meant to be used. The cross was meant to, to give us access so we could ask for forgiveness for those trespasses. That way we could come to the throne and we could have a relationship with God. Christ allowed that access. But sin, as far as what it does with God, still hasn't changed. Sin still offends God. It still offends him to this day. So how does, how does God's approach to sin and the way that he looks at it, how should that play into our lives in the way that we approach others? when they've offended us. someone weigh in. I always
0: try to remind myself what Jesus said when he was on the cross. I mean, they they tortured him, they were spitting on him, ultimate offenses and stuff, and he yeah. said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's good. And if he can forgive for that, then we should be quick to forgive for the petty things that we hold.
2: That's a really good point too could you say that a lot of the things that we get offended over are petty things I mean you think of, that's that's such a strong statement I and mean, you think about what Jesus said I mean they're literally they spit on him and, and he has the the love and compassion to say they don't know what they're doing I mean I can't I can't say that I'm at that place where I can look at somebody and say ah they don't realize what they're doing you you know there's something else going on inside of you There's this, you know, this part of you that's offensive, you know, that's like, okay, you got me, now I'm going to get you. And so uh, lately we've been talking a lot about our children, and I think this is a great time to bring this up. We've talked a lot about our kids. We've talked a lot about what our kids experience, you know, on a day-to-day basis out there. It's one of the things that I have to be careful of, and I'm giving you just a raw look into this. This is one of the things that I have to be careful of. If Misty and I, we have a disagreement. I haven't always been real good with that. She knows that. But see, that's something that I know that my kids are watching. They're watching how well we forgive each other. They're watching that. They're watching how well we get by those things. If dad clams up for two, three days, doesn't want to talk, they see that. And so they learn from that. Uh, my boys, will they're going to learn from that. They're going to learn from the way that dad responded to, for, uh, to being offended. How did he get past it? How did he get by it? And they're going to model themselves after that. Your children are going to model themselves after the way that you forgive. They're watching that. They're watching the way that you forgive people. They're watching the way that you handle that. They're watching the way that you, you allow those things to slide off or not or to take them personal. And maybe you'll trash them a little bit in front of them while you're at it for what they done. What are we doing? We're teaching. That's the best teacher is example. We're teaching our children whether to uh, whether they're going to forgive someone or whether they're not, whether they're going to hold it, whether we're whether forgiveness has conditions. I think we're all guilty of that at one time or another. Is setting conditions on forgiveness, especially. Um, how do I put this? I would say that probably the biggest struggles, some of the biggest struggles we have as believers with forgiveness, is with our own family, extended family, immediate family. Some of the biggest struggles are right in that circle. Why do you think that is? Why do you think some of the the, the some of the biggest struggles come with the people that are closest to us? Someone, someone, tell me what you think. Hurts are deeper. Ken, what'd you say?
0: Because you love them, therefore you're more susceptible to it emotion. Okay. Is.
2: Yeah. Same thing. So we're so so we're vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. So we're a bit vulnerable. And and then they they do something, and maybe we had uh, higher expectations of them. Maybe we thought that they wouldn't do that. Maybe that we didn't think that they'd say something like that or hurt us like that. But yet yeah, they did and then we have to choose to do something with that. And that's where, that's where it gets really kind of, uh, as we we'll go back to the kid thing, and then I wanna move on. Um, you know, our children are watching how we handle those interpersonal relationships. If you want your children, after you're gone, to have sound relationships with their siblings and with their families, extent when, they're, when they marry and they get into other families, if you want them to live in peace, then we have to learn how to have peace now. We got to learn. We to learn how to let offenses go. We have to learn how to not constantly walk in a spirit of offense. Maybe even to the point where we're looking to be offended. <laughs> you ever been down that road? You know, get, get a, it's more than a. It's more than a bad mood. It's more than a bad day. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's an attitude. It's a spirit that you run with. Well, we're looking for someone to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing and immediately we're offended now you know, some of you have probably been around people like that it's like i can't say anything around them i say one thing and they just lose it let's make sure just as this scripture says um we are also at times like that too that we take offense so we need to also understand when other people do it okay Let's uh, let's go to um, let's go to Luke, chapter seventeen. And I want to read you something real fast. As you're turning to Luke seventeen, I want to read you the uh, the definition of an offense. The definition of an offense is an annoyance or resentment brought about by a uh, insult or disregard for oneself or one's standards or principles and um, the word there, insult and I left out one word and it's brought about by a perceived insult you see insult and being insulted is totally dependent on you Totally dependent. You could say, well, that person insulted me. We have the option. It's an option. We can choose whether to receive that or not. Some, some would say that's not true. Some would say, no, my doors are wide open. If it comes through, I take it. But see, that's, that's not true. We get to choose because it's, by definition, it's a perceived insult. It's the way you see it. It's the way it's coming to you. You know, a lot of it. Uh, in marriage, counseling, you look at some of the, the dynamics uh, between a husband and a wife. Uh, in, in counseling sessions, they'll break that down and talk about the way that another one is, the way the husband speaks to the wife or the way that wife speaks to the husband. Obviously, there are certain things that you simply don't do, but then there are times that I perceive that you trying to hurt my feelings, and I'll just say no. I'm not. I'm not trying to hurt your feelings. It's perception. Many times it's the way you take it. It's the way the boss said, get to work. It's the way your husband or your wife uh, said, you need to get this done or get that done. And we get razzled up. We get, we get frustrated. We get upset. And we keep it much longer than we need to. Okay. Luke 17. Let's look at this. Uh, verse, uh, verse 1. Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. Now, let me explain to you. I'm going to define something real quick. Um, you look up that word there in this particular scripture, and I want to make sure we understand this in the right context. Offenses in the Greek here literally means stumbling block. Okay? Literally means stumbling block, something you would trip over, something that would that gets in your way in your path. So it says it's, it is impossible, but that offenses will come. So the inevitability is is that by definition there are going to be stumbling blocks, and I'm going to use offenses here um, that you will be offended at some point, and it will become a stumbling block in the race that you're running. I mean, isn't that, isn't that what we are doing? We are running a race. And I thought that was interesting, too, because it says here that offense is, design, is, is literally as a stumbling block. It's something that trips you up when you are on your path. And so I think about the what? I think about the straight and narrow path that we're on. So on the straight and narrow, it's straight and that's it. It's narrow. It's hard to stay on that thing. Offense, literally meaning stumbling block, It's something that's put in your way. And you got to make a decision on what you're going to do with it. Let me ask this question real quick. Somebody weigh in on it. Can you grow as a Christian and hold offenses against people? Explain.
0: You're staying at one place. You're not moving forward. It's literally a restraint.
2: Good. So so we, can we agree that we're, as Cam said, we're stopping. Literally, that stumbling block, it hits you. You're running your race, and all of a sudden, it stops. Even though you might physically, in your age, get older, you might still do the same things. You still come to church. You still do a lot of the same things that you did before. But something happens when we do not get past the stumbling block. It stays right in front of us that becomes what defines us. We begin to allow that stumbling block to become who we are. I mean, I, I, I don't have to take a poll. I think all of you at some time or another have had to let go of things maybe that you harbored for quite some time. I, I had to. Harbored things against my parents, harbored things against my siblings, harbored things, whatever it was. And it was for a long period of time. And I didn't realize until I let it go how detrimental it had been. How much of a, a, um, a, a growth inhibitor that it had become in my life. And so um, I remember one time when I was praying down here, and I, I think I've told this story before I was praying and, and I would just worship, and I had no clue what I was what about to experience. And I'm down here and I'm worshiping the Lord. I am here to worship the Lord. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, comes this anger. I feel it coming out. This anger. I'm like, where is this coming from? I'm in worship. I am praising the Lord. I'm lifting Him up. But I feel this anger it's just flowing. It's just coming out of me. And I felt bitterness. And and the Lord showed me who it was. He said, "You got to let that go." I didn't hold on. I let it go. I said, "I need to let that go. I've held that too long." It's, it's interesting to me that if for if it wasn't important, then why would the Lord bring it up to us? Why would He teach us in His Word how detrimental holding these things were? If if He didn't have full intent for you to get past them when they hit you, uh-huh. so He says it's impossible, but offenses will come. But okay, uh, oh, it stopped. The video stopped. Oh, the battery died. I think we were already low, on. We only got half a message. Yeah. <laughs> there might be... I hope nobody's offended. <laughs> it is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe to him through whom they come. Now, obviously, we know not understand the context in which it's speaking. Um, it's speaking as, as, uh, us as individuals being the stumbling block for someone else. And so this is why it leads to this, and this is why it says this in verse 2. It is better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and he'd be cast into the sea, uh, then that he should offend one of these little ones. Now, as I said before, I, I understand the context of this scripture. I'm just using this scripture as an example for talking about offenses. And this is where I want to make it actually to in verse 3. When it says, Take heed to yourselves. If your brother trespass against you, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. Okay, so what we got here. Is the, the, the Word of God has given us that, that parameter to run by and teaching us how to forgive people and what to do when it comes across your, your plate. So let's look at it again. It says, if your brother trespasses against you. Now, this is a big step. If he trespasses against you, this is an actual offense. This is not petty stuff. We're talking about an actual offense here. It says to rebuke him. Now, let me tell you, literally, this means to tell him that he's done wrong. You've done wrong. Now, let me tell you why this is such an important step. And when the Bible says that you need to go to him, because most of the time we don't go to anybody. What do we do with it? Arbor. Bottle it up. We keep it in. We don't go to him. We don't go tell him. Say, listen, listen, you you done something, and it was wrong. It was wrong for you to do it, and I need to tell you that. We don't do that. We harbor it up. And so how, how do we do? How do we forgive correctly? And how do we, how do we, um, how do we let offenses go, um, in the way that if if someone really does wrong us, I'm talking about, I'm talking about a real trespass here. I'm not talking about just itty bitty words that sometimes we take personal. I'm talking about an authentic trespass. The Bible tells us this is how you handle that. You go to them, and you tell them that was wrong. Then, if they repent. What's the next step? What are you? What is? What is? What is required of you? Forgiveness. Forgiveness. But often we miss the first step. We we bypass that. I don't want to go to them. I'll just forgive them and it'll just be okay. You know what's interesting about that? I don't know. I don't know why it's this way. I'm not. I'm not telling you that there's a. There's not a. It's a. It's a biblical science that's behind it. For some reason when we don't follow this type of protocol it's just like you, it's just not quite right when you don't go to them and you don't handle it face to face and you try to bury it and you try just to just forget the thing ever happened and i'm just going to let it go maybe you're not like me but it's just like it's just not quite right it's like you there's something still gnawing at you but How many of you have experienced the relief of when you actually do go and you say, hey, this hurt me. And they say, well, look, I I, I didn't know that I hurt you. Sorry, I I really am. I'm sorry. Do you not get instant relief? And it's like, but you don't get that when you skip the first step. When you skip the first step, it's just not like that. Um, How many times has God had to deal with you about the first step? That you need to go to them. I fight that. I fight the first step more than I fight the second step. I'm okay with forgiveness. It's that first step. It's going to them that I have a problem with. It's having to. You know, it's like okay, this is integrity here. This is this is face to face. This is some real deal stuff here. I gotta go and I gotta tell them, hey, this you can't do that no more. That's that's not good for you to do. And the Bible says if they if they take responsibility for their action, then you forgive them. And I, uh, I wrote as a, as a sub-note just so I wouldn't forget when it comes to these trespasses that we need to make sure that we are real men and real women in these situations and meaning that we don't take just everything that comes across to our plate and, and take it personal. When, when you have been authentically trespassed against, then we authentically handle it like the Bible says. But there are some things that we just need to take off our plate because they shouldn't even be an offense. That shouldn't bother you like that. I think sometimes we just need to mature and grow up a little bit. Can We agree with that. Sometimes I've been hit with stuff that, well, let let me put it this way. When we got married, we was pretty young, and I didn't take things back then like I do now. I had to grow up. I had to understand some things. I had to realize some things. I had to realize the role of a husband. I had to realize what the role of a wife. I had to understand the, the fundamentals and how things worked. And so over time you learn these things. But sometimes there are areas in our life and the way that we perceive things from people, the way that they say things, we're just simply immature in those areas. And we just need to grow up. You know, if every time somebody does something to you, you call it a trespass. And you feel like your your world is over, you might be immature in that area. That's kind of a hard pill to swallow, so I'll move on. <laughs> we may not be ready to digest that yet. So, verse 4 says something really interesting. It says, And if he trespass against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to you, saying, I repent, you shall forgive him. First of all, let me tell you what this doesn't mean. Okay? This doesn't mean somebody taking advantage of you. Okay? And allowing it. It's not what that means. that, that, that That doesn't mean that you let the thief back in the house. It's not what the scripture is applying to. This is applying to, uh, once again, the reflection of God the Father and the way he handles forgiveness to us. And the way then how we reflect that and we handle forgiveness to other people. Forgiveness is unlimited. Now, I will forgive you. You robbed me. I will forgive you. Will you have access to the same things that I gave you access to before? No. In fact, we're, we're narrow-minded if we, if we allow that. We're asking for trouble. And I think for some reason that's been misinterpreted uh, throughout the years. People think that that means like this all-out restorative, you get to come back into my house again type of scenario. I can, I can name off many scenarios uh, where it's a one-time offense and there are no second chances. Um, and I, I don't have to get into that because it gets kind of dicey. Uh, but there are one-time chances, and that's it. But for some reason, people have thought over the years that, that that's what that means, is a total, a total go-back-to-the-way-it-was-before thing. No. I will forgive you. I will forgive you in my heart. I forgive you of your trespass. But you are not coming back in my house again. You have a problem. And I'm not going to let that problem back in. That's just wisdom. Okay? Right, come on. So, um, unlimited uh, forgiveness, and that is the way that we are to forgive other people. All right, one more set of scriptures, and then we'll, we'll close. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So obviously we know that that's really literal. I mean, that's a literal thing. But there's something else here, too, that I, 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 I think about when I see 14 and 15. I don't. I don't just see a a black and white thing here. I also see a unforgiveness being a total disruption to my relationship with God. Not not just the fact that I can't receive forgiveness. Because think about it. I mean, I mean, I, I'm I'm offended. I've, uh, I'm holding a grudge, and now I'm going to try to continue my walk with God and continue my relationship with Him. And and the Bible is saying here. That if I cannot forgive, if I cannot forgive people of their trespasses, if I cannot allow my heart to give them forgiveness, the Bible is saying that God cannot find it within Himself to forgive me of my trespasses. Now I'll tell you why that's really interesting, because the cross, the cross is total access to the throne room of God. Right? Mm -hmm. The cross is total access. We are promised that if we accept Jesus as our Savior. And we come to him and we ask for forgiveness We will be forgiven of our sins This is a very particular Spot in God's word Where it actually nullifies The covenant Think about it The covenant is what? The covenant is directly connected to forgiveness We are forgiven of our sins If we accept Jesus But he's saying here in these scriptures If you don't forgive You're not going to be forgiven means it's Nullified, Meaning you don't get to access the benefits of the cross with unforgiveness. So what that tells me is, is that the whole relationship that I have with God is going to be embattled. The whole thing. It it isn't like, you know, you're going to have these nice times of prayer and, you know, it's just all these, you know, you just keep growing and you're prospering and all these great things. No. No, it's not going to work like that. He's saying, if you can't forgive, I can't forgive you. That is a literal stop in the road. It's like put the brakes on. We're not going anywhere until you get that thing out. Think about the context in which these two scriptures are in. Look at look at look back here. What what just happened in these scriptures? Actually, uh, the disciples had asked, "How do we pray?" He said, "This is how you pray, and this is what you say in prayer." He gave the model prayer, right? So he's giving the model prayer. And if you look just back up a little bit. Verse uh, 13. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And then he goes right into 14 and says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. I thought, wow, that's really interesting that he put that in the midst of the model prayer. That's in the middle of it. Yes, I know he prayed, and he ended it right there in verse 13. But if you'll... You notice that he, he not only touches on that topic in 14 and 15, he talks about uh, forgiveness, and then he moves right into fasting in verse, 15, or verse 16. So you have a lot of things here in these scriptures that are teachable material for Christians to get a hold of. There's a lot of important information right here in chapter 6 for us to get. And so um, tomorrow... Maybe maybe tonight, who knows. Um, you're going to have some stumbling blocks. Some, someone's going to throw a stumbling block your way. There's going to be an offense come your direction for some reason or another. Um, it, it's what we're going to do with it. It's, it's what we're going to decide to do with that offense that's going to make the difference. Because we are emotional creatures, there's going to be a lot of emotion involved gonna be a lot of feelings involved um, I can't I can't go into all the details but I've had some some conversations with individuals who are having trouble with this very thing and and the words out of their mouth were this and I think it's the I think this echoes the same sentiments as any Christian you just don't know how I feel absolutely right yeah. nobody knows how you feel on the matter because it's dealing with people And because we're real and have real emotions, there's all kinds of depth to where this thing can go. But we have tonight in these scriptures, we have some parameters to look at. I think some really good material to meditate on. And maybe you don't have an offense against anybody tonight. That's great. But as the Bible has taught us tonight, we're going to come across some opportunities to keep some stuff and to harbor it or to let it go. And I hope for our own spiritual health, we let it go, and we and we become um, better at letting it go. Does anyone have anything uh, they want to add uh, before we uh, close tonight? Any experiences anyone wants to share? <laughs> Everybody's like, no, no experiences. I think it's self-explanatory, church, and and I think this is some these are scriptures are really good, and we could go a long way with them, and I we don't have time for that tonight. uh, But with that said, if you'll stand, uh, we'll uh, we'll wrap up tonight. Any announcements, Pastor? Anything? Okay. All right. Uh, Let's pray, and we'll be dismissed. Father, thank you for tonight, and thank you for letting us come into your house again. Father, we're so thankful for our children in Rock Harbor Church. Father, I pray, God, that we be a good example to them. Father, I pray that we live out forgiveness for other people. Father, I pray that we teach them through our actions, Father. God, I pray, God, if we harbor anything against anyone, that we find it in our hearts to forgive, Lord, the way that you have forgiven us. Father, I pray, God, that as offenses come to us, Lord, and as the enemy tries to press our buttons, Father, that we refuse to stand for it. And, Father, God, that we allow forgiveness to be active in our life at all times. Thank you, God, for tonight, and thank you for your word. We ask for your blessings throughout the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you tonight.